Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Good to see everybody today. Um, We're in this series here called Red Letters where we're taking the parables of Jesus and we're just diving through it. We're just really asking that our lives would be bent around the scriptures. Jesus spent about one third, just under one third of his teaching was in parables and stories. And so we're wanting to just take these stories and, and look at them and say, God, help us bend our lives around the scriptures and take what Jesus said. And today we're going to look at the Good Samaritan, very, very popular and one that uh, many of us know, actually our culture knows it really well. And it, it's become a phrase even in our culture about being the Good Samaritan. I want us to look at the way that Jesus told it. I want us to ask God to put some new stuff in us. Not necessarily that you're hearing it for the first time. Most of you already know this one, but just asking God to help us get our eyes on other people and not just on ourselves. And so even the way that we do our, our, our whole kind of journey with Jesus, where we say, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, is it starts off with you. It starts off with your relationship with, your relationship with Jesus. We want you to know God, you to walk with God, you to encounter God, and then you to find freedom, to be able to turn your back on the sin that keeps you entrapped and, and find freedom. But then really the discover purpose and make a difference is, is there's actually kind of a shift there. Step one is really about you and your relationship with God, but step two is to discover how God wired you so that you can then make a difference so that you can impact others. And that was one of the fun things about this week at Glow Camp is we got to see some of you guys in rare form. Like to see Kelly Reitmeyer at Glow Camp was worth every, I mean, it was amazing. She's like, she's like, it made me want to go back to high school musicals. I mean, she just comes out, she's like, wow, you know, and she's just, Awesome. Anyway, I respect that. So uh, she's amazing and got to see just others of you driving some trucks and just doing this, just doing the stuff is just awesome. But we want to see everybody. Everybody's wired differently and God's given each of us spiritual gifts. And there are some things that when you do that, you come alive and we want to help you discover that so that you can find experience, know the joy of fulfilling God's call on your life and making a difference. And so anyway, all of us doing all of our part will make a big dent in Kansas City. All right, so if you've got your Bibles, let's look at Luke chapter 10. We're gonna read this, uh, starting in verse 25, famous parable. Let's read the whole thing, then I'm gonna pray. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? what is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus begins the story. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on, on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, which a Samaritan would have been... Um, It'd been a rival. It'd been someone that they would reject. There was tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, 
Just look at this. When he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Father, we love you today. And we ask that you would give us wisdom and revelation on your word. We pray that it would come alive in our hearts. We pray that we would activate what we know. We pray that this parable, this story that Jesus told would be bedrock in our culture in our lives, in our families, God, in our marriages, God, even as fathers and mothers, God, we ask, Lord, that you would help us live this and do this. We give you honor, we give you praise. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So have you ever demonstrated kindness or demonstrated mercy or even given to someone in such a way that you experienced a crazy amount of joy or that you saw their response and it just brought joy to you. So you were able to do an act or give them something and when they received it or when they found out about it, all of a sudden they just went silent. Like you're telling them on the phone the news of what you've done for them and they just in shock go silent. Or you're sitting at the restaurant and you're telling them, hey, here's what we feel led to give you. Here's how we want to help you. And they put their face on the table and just start weeping because they're just so blown away. Or maybe, maybe it's a conversation where you help them in such a way that they're in such shock that they just literally scream with disbelief. Like, I can't believe it's too good to be true. That level of kindness or that level of giving or that level of helping, that, that's going to change my life. That's going to extravagantly help me. And here's where I want to highlight that happiness, that feeling that joy is actually addicting. It's actually something that as we demonstrate it, we start to find so much joy in helping others, serving others, giving to others, that we actually can't get enough of it. And so we find Paul quoting Jesus in Acts 20, where it's that phrase, and you know it, it where it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We probably memorized that before. And that word blessed there, in the Greek, it could be, it could be happiness. Like it's, it's more happy. It's, it's better. You actually find more joy, more delight in, in giving than in receiving. And this is a different narrative than what we experience in our culture. Last night, I was playing uh, the game of life with my kids. And uh, I kind of was in shock when the direction said, here's how you win in the game of life. Whoever retires with the most money wins. And just the brevity of that sentence just made me cry. I mean, you know, just like, what a narrative to be like putting into our children. The person who retires with the most money wins the game of life. You know, I just thought awful. Like that's kind of the story that we experience though. It's the bumper sticker on the back of the truck. He who dies with the most toys wins. What on earth is that? 
right? It's a narrative that says it's not about giving, it's about receiving. It's not about others, it's about you. It's not about how you can be the good Samaritan and help a brother out, help someone out. It's about you having comfort. It's about you having the most toys. It's about you having the best boat in retirement. It's about you. And I'm just saying we live in a day and in a culture where this teaching of Jesus is pretty hard because we've got a whole different narrative. We've got a whole different story all around us, not just from commercials, not just from uh, just our culture. It's, 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 it's in us to fight for ourselves. It's tempting to constantly fight for me. And so here's Jesus. And Jesus is obviously responding to this question. He's an expert in the law lawyer who's coming and he's asking Jesus about, all right, what is, how do I find life? And Jesus here, he, 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 when he goes to say, love God, love neighbor, and when you get this response, just who is my neighbor? It's in essence, wanting to justify himself, the expert in the law is saying, how far does my love have to go? Like, where does the circle stop? Like, who do I, who do I not have to love? And when Jesus is starting off the story, and talking about a Samaritan, that, that would have been painful. That would have been a rival. And Jesus makes, obviously, the Samaritan the hero of the story. And he's communicating this. It is, there, there's an idea of, there, of, of everyone. There's an idea there of love like God loves. God loves everyone. And so there's no stop to it. But I want us to take a few moments and look at just a few things when we look at the, the way that this Samaritan loved. The way that this Samaritan took care of this half-dead, naked man on the side of the road. I want us just, just to even ask the question as we go into this summer. And really, I was just so delighted in the way that I saw people living this this week at Glow Camp. I mean, literally people taking off work. Is this for vacation? No. Did you take off work so that you could go water ski? No. Did, what did you take off work for? I took off work so that you could kind of fix up your yard. No, I, I took off work to serve at Glow Camp. And suddenly I was the one jumping up and down and crying, you know, like, yes, you're amazing, you know. And I think that it's, it's, it's challenging for us to live a different narrative than the narrative that the culture tells us. But when we bend our lives around the Jesus story, and here is a story that Jesus told about what it looks like to love your neighbor, what it looks like to love others, what it looks like to not be so consumed with me, but be actually in a place of giving sacrificially for others. And so here's the first idea I want us just to see, and that is that love stops for one, for one. Like sometimes I think that we think, all right, I'm gonna, I wanna be a loving person, I'm gonna love all, but one of, the, one of the things I love about this parable is the story of one person ch- really changing the life of one person. And not necessarily the, I'm gonna love my generation or I'm gonna love the whole city or I'm gonna love the whole neighborhood, but just starting with the one, because everybody can kind of get, wrap our minds around the idea of loving one. That one person that I'm gonna intentionally go out of my way for. And we see Jesus doing this consistently with his own life. Jesus in the story of blind Bartimaeus, the blind man, and Bartimaeus is screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the scripture says, and Jesus stopped, turned to him. So wherever Jesus was going, Jesus on his way, Jesus on his journey, he stops for Bartimaeus for the story in Luke 8. 
Great story of the woman who just reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and Jesus stops and says, who touched me and has a dialogue. It, it, it's, it's all through. It's Jesus in John 5 where the man that he heals that's lame and he stops and heals him. And, and then I like that it, Jesus' disciples who had seen Jesus do it with his life and tell stories about the good Samaritan who was willing to stop. They did it. And Acts 3 is the famous story where Peter and John are on their way to the temple. And at the time of prayer, when they stop, and it's the famous story, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk and he was running and loving, you know, all excited about Jesus, jumping and leaping and praising God. It's a song I learned in child, my childhood. But it's that idea that they, they, they stop, they see Jesus' example, and so, and so Jesus did this with his life, his disciples did it, and now Jesus tells a story about the Samaritan who stops. I just wanna invite you to think about in your own journey, in your own life, what it looks like for you in the midst of your busy schedule, in the midst of all the tasks that you have, all the reminders on your Apple computer, all the things that you have to do, everything that's on your iPhone, all of the stuff you've got to do, all the goals, all the dreams, all the things that really, really have a lot of wonderful things for you, especially if you're the driven achiever. But let's just Let's just pause for a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts to what it looks like for us to see the one. Jesus saw the one. This good Samaritan saw the man on the side of the road, the priest and the Levite passed by. In fact, they walked the other direction. And then there's one who goes to him. This Samaritan sees him and in seeing him goes to him. And just begin to ask what it looks like for you in your life, for you to see the one, for you to have the intentionality, what in your day, how, how could you, how, how could you repackage, reframe? How could you build margin into your life in such a way where you have the capacity to love? Because it's easy for us to pack it so full minute after minute after minute that even when there is the opportunity, we have a reason why I got to just keep on going down the path because and maybe even, it, even it's a good thing. Maybe it's a priest and a Levite, maybe, maybe headed off to go do a religious duty. But it's this idea that the Samaritan stopped. And Jesus, when he's telling the story to the expert in the law, he's talking about heart and love, and he brings up a rival. And then he says, it's about seeing the one. I had a uh, pastor uh, text me a few months ago, and it just, it just, I mean, I, 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 it brightened my day. Like this is a, this is in pastor world, this is a pastor of pastors, you know, and it's David praying for you in Radiant Church in Kansas City, believe in God for da, 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 da. So excited about what God is doing, hearing great reports about what's happened. And I just, I mean, this was a big deal. This, I mean, this is, Nathan, this is like you getting a text from Andy Dalton, you know, like big Bengal fan. This is Dawson. I mean, this is the, this is the president of Apple, Tim Cook. He's, he's texting you like, you're like, mm, that feels good. This is, I don't know, Dylan, this is, this is like, does Auburn have a football team? Gus for, Gus, Gus something. Something like that. All I know is you used to have Bo Jackson, but those were your glory days and haven't seen anything since. You know, it's like that. It's a, it's a text that you would be grateful for, right? Josh, this is like a single girl returning a text for you. Like just, I mean, he asked me to say that. He asked me to say it. It's all right. We're close. Ha! 
Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 we love each other. We love each other. That's love. That's love. He told me to say That's his joke. That's his joke. All right. But he sends me this text. And, and honestly, it just, I mean, as silly as it is, it just meant the world to me. It just, it was, I was like, I was, I was excited. And a few uh, weeks later, maybe, maybe five weeks later or so, I was listening to uh, his podcast. And in the podcast, he talked about forming a habit where you're intentionally, like the Good Samaritan, trying to love somebody every day. And so he talked about that in his life, he had made a choice that every day he was gonna form a habit where he was gonna do one thing for one person to help their life. Just form a habit. And then he gave the example. He said, some days I finish the day and I have not intentionally loved one person, gone out of my way, given some of my time or resource to one person. And so he said, if that's the, if that's the, key, I, the case, I just text one person before I go to bed, someone that I can think of that I know that hearing from me would be an encouragement. And I thought to myself, hey, I got one of those. That's what it was. And I connected the dots. And it's this idea of being intentional about the one. And so I wanna invite you to see, all right, your life you're, you're, anybody that's got goals and dreams, they've got, they've got a, a lot on their plate. They've got a lot to do. And, and you're, wanting to, you're wanting to walk with God and you're wanting to have a great marriage or you're wanting to disciple your kids. Or you're wanting to save for the future. Or you're wanting to, you know, all, 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 all good things, all these things. But the story that Jesus tells here, he actually uses the religious leaders that were so busy with good things, they didn't have time for a person. And I just want you to think about what, what does it look like for me to create some margin in my life or form a habit where I could say, and just ask Jesus, what do you, what do you want me to do? How, how, how could I, how could this, how could this be more than just kind of a, a concept? How could this be a habit? How, how could I build some margin into my life where I'm trying to make a difference in the life of somebody else? And just ask God to help you think through it, what it would look like. Dr. Albert Schweitzer said this, keep your yes open for little tasks because it's the little kind tasks that are important to Jesus. The reason why I like that quote is because we often think it's so epic that if, you've, if I found a man you know, that was half dead, laying there naked on the side of the road, I'd help, right? But I think application-wise, we can say, Maybe not a big thing, but a small thing every day where I'm intentional with the time, the resources, the spiritual gifts that God's got on my life. How can I make a difference? And so you do for the one what you can't do for everyone. You do, but you do something for one. It's the old preacher story that the kid was looking at all the starfish on the beach and picking up starfish and throwing it back in the ocean. And an older man looked at him and said, there's so many. There's, there's thousands and thousands of starfish here. Why are you doing that? You, you can't make a difference. And he looked at him and the kid said, picked up the starfish and threw it in the ocean and said, made a difference for that one. And it's the story, the idea that, well, might not be able to save all the starfish, but I'll just save one at a time. And in your life, you've got a little bit of capacity, a little bit of time, a little bit of energy, a little bit of dollars, and asking the Lord, 
God, what, what does it look like for me to put others first? And how, how, how can I be a neighbor? How can I be the loving neighbor that Jesus talks about here? You guys are still mad at me about the Josh comment? Hey, I, just don't be mad, all right? It's just fun, all right? I, already, I told Josh I was gonna do that. He knows, we, all right? It's, we're tight, we're bros. All right, so I'm trying to help. That's the bottom line is I'm trying to help. All right, so in fact, I'll give you his number if you'll come talk to me if anybody's interested. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. All right. All right, here's the second idea. Here's the second idea. Love requires detours. Can you write that down? Love requires detours. And this is just, if you look at the Samaritan, he's got money. He's got his donkey. He's got an agenda. He's got things that he could do. That, and, and he chooses this, he's, I'm going to say affection over achievement. And if you're like, I'm an Enneagram three, right? So like, this is hard for us, right? Like, he, he chooses a person over a plan, right? He chooses, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forego what I could accomplish in order to help someone. And I think in our prosperous America, where we've got so much, oftentimes it is, it is, there, there are tasks that will go undone. There is, <laughs> it is choosing love over my list of things that I could be doing, and it's intentional. It's not, it's, it's a pre-decision decision that I'm gonna, I'm, I am the hands and feet of Jesus. I have been called to be the body of Christ. And so when I see an opportunity, I seize it, I go after it. And the argument that I wanna make today is that there's actually more joy, more happiness, more delight. It's even addicting to get to this place where you love doing that for other people. Or what you love is, for even, even more than, end in life with the most toys, even more than ending the game of life <laughs> with the most emphasis on my own comfort is I laid down my life for others. I got one shot. And in that, Jesus is, is not only telling the story, but he lived the life that we say, I wanna be like that. And I was just counting the different ways. There's actually 12 actions 12 actions that we see the Samaritan taking care of the man on the side of the road. It says he saw him, he took pity or compassion. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds. Some commentators were saying it's doubtful that he was carrying bandages. It's possible maybe the idea is, is that he took his clothes and created bandages, poured oil and wine, put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him, stayed, gave money for his care, returned, and then even just this idea, whatever expense he may incur, I will reimburse you. It's the idea of, I will finish this task. I mean, it, there, he didn't put a limit up to four denarii. <laughs> he just said, I'll reim I'm, gonna t I'm gonna finish this task to the end. And there's some of you that you'll be on your journey and the Lord will, will invite you to take care of someone. And more than just kind of what's easy, but what's sacrificial. I'm gonna see that person back on their feet again. I'm gonna finish the process all the way to the end. I'm gonna help them. I'm going to be for them what the Samaritan was for that person, for that man on the side of the road. And I just like that idea of finishing it all the way to the end. So you'll actually have more happiness when your focus is on 
on others, more joy when your, fo- when your focus is on others. And happiness comes not when we have more, but when we love more. And oftentimes we're looking, somebody just love me, somebody love me, but what you need is somebody to love. What you need is, is to pour your life into loving others and experience the joy that Jesus talks about that comes from giving. And so looking not just for uh, another person to love me more so that I can be okay, but finding what are the ways that I can pour out my life to love someone and actually experience supernatural joy, supernatural happiness. All right, last idea is this, is love shows Jesus to the world. Love shows Jesus to the world. I think that for each one of us, we have this temptation to always look and, and, and it's, I'm saying it's the narrative of the, of the culture. Always be looking at the person who has a little bit more than you. So like on the ladder of wealth or capacity, looking at the person that's just above you and saying, well, if I had their strength or if I had, if I had their car or their house or their vacation or whatever it is. And, and, and honestly, just because we have a culture where people can make money off of you wanting that in a consumer society, It's like we're programmed to always be looking at just above us. But the the Jesus story, the Jesus way, the example here is if you look at the people under you that are on the ladder underneath you and try to help them up, that there's, there's there's great joy, there's great life given by God grows inside of you as a result of loving others. And here's this idea. Jesus actually said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. But this, by this, this is the phrase I want you to see, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the world can't see your secret prayer life The world can't see your secret life of fasting or your secret life of giving financially. Those things that Jesus hits in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, the world doesn't see that, but the world sees your love and your compassion. So that prayer life, that fasting life, that giving, it it starts to kind of bottle up and come out of you in compassion and love for others. And like Christ, laying your life down for others, laying down worldly comforts for the sake of eternal treasure, which is people, which is the people that God loves. And so bending your life around not how do I get the most toys, bending your life around not how do I end the game of life with the most money. It was just so ironic I was preaching on this and then played that game last night. I'm telling you, it was awesome. (laughs) And so if you can get this as a conviction, I'm I'm not saying that you necessarily feel it, But because you've decided to follow Jesus, you said, God, let this grow into a conviction that I own. Then that conviction, you'll start, you'll have the moment where there, will you pass by or will you stop? And and most of the time our emotions say, I've got too much to do. I've got got an agenda. I've got to go to wherever, the temple, the work, the job. I've got other people to care for. But if this grows into a conviction, then you'll go against that emotional tug and go, and 
I want to be like Christ for the person who's broken in the moment and demonstrate love. And one of the dreams I have for each one of us to lock in with is, is convictions lead, emotions follow. And we live in a culture where the temptation is to always say, I'll do what I feel. There's always an emphasis on you, 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 you. So it's just, if I feel it, I'll do it. But in reality, when you start to live by your conviction, by what you'd believe to be true, your emotions start to catch up. So when there are people that say, I love to give, and you hear that and you think, you're crazy. You just say that because we're in church. There are actual people that it's, they've lived in that conviction so long that their emotions have caught up. And it's actually a great delight to care, serve, give, love, look at others. And it's the, it's the constant challenge. The world will see Jesus by the way that we love. The world, when they see our compassion, when they see our love, when they see us loving one another and loving others. And so one of the, <laughs> one of the great things you hear at Radiant Church all the time is spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus. I had someone make a joke to me last week. They were like, I can't wait to hear the next message. I'm sure it's going to be about spending time with Jesus. And I was like, all right, thanks a lot. I get it. Uh, I tend to take it there a lot. But I was thinking about that idea and with this context and thinking about this Samaritan parable where he takes care of the person who's hurting and just thinking about Matthew 25 when Jesus tells the story, the parable of the sheep and the goats, and he says, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I was thinking every time that you function like the Samaritan and you help the person on the side of the road, you are spending time with Jesus because <laughs> you're, you're doing that for him. You're helping somebody that needs Jesus in that moment. And so imagine just asking the Lord, how do, I, how do I build my life around seeing others, not just me, margin, time? Even in the parable, it's when they saw him. Sometimes, sometimes we, <laughs> we, don't, we, we, we don't give because we just never see, or we don't serve because we just don't ever see. So it's maybe going to the place where the need is so that it's, it's, it's in your eyes. I was talking to a missionary friend who's in his 60s and he said, David, I'd like you to bring, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. He said, David, I'd like you to bring your, your kids to where our, our, our ministry is, another country. And he said this, he goes, in my 40 years of doing missions work, the highest percentage of kids go spend their lives on the mission field to the place where they first step foot on foreign soil. And I said, why is that? He said, it's the first place where their eyes are opened up to the need and their heart then follows. And so if you see it, when your eyes are open to it, then there's the tendency to have action flow out of that. And that's what Jesus says here at the end. Jesus actually then doesn't end with, so go pray about this. He actually says, go and do likewise. He gives, he gives the command, he gives this action, go and do. And I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. I've grown up in church my whole life. I know what it is to just know it and just feel like I know it, but there's, there's not a lot of applause from Jesus for knowing it. It's about doing it. 
It's about stepping out of our comfort zone and doing it. A buddy of mine planted a church. It's an ark church like ours. And he named it Action Church because of this idea about not just what we know, but what we do. Let's be the church that's the church in action. Go and do it and looking for ways. God, how can I do this? And only you know what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. And for however many people are in this room, there's different applications and how to apply this. But I wanna invite you to hear the words of Jesus today. Go and do likewise. Just take that Samaritan story. Quite possibly, you read the picture book as a child, saw the VeggieTale movie when you were 10. But today I want you to hear Jesus. Jesus, what's, what does action look like in my life? How are you calling me to live this? And in reality, you will only activate this to the measure that you believe Jesus has done this for you. Because the hero and the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus tells the story, but this is, this is the Jesus story. Jesus found you when you were on the side of the road, broken, beaten up, hurting. And Jesus came to you and he said, I'll save your life. I'll help you heal. <laughs> you can know me. I'll take these bandages. I'll give you food and drink that you know not of. I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll bring you back to health. I'll give you new life. All the way to the end where it says, one day I'll return. Listen, this is your story. This is my story. Jesus is the hero of every story. And he's the hero even of this parable because this is who he is. And this is what he's done for me. This is what he's done for you. And maybe you're here today and Katie telling that story where she said, five years ago, I was on the side of the road. I was, I was, I was ready to check out. But Jesus, and that's the story, but Jesus, he came and he lifted me up out of the miry clay. He took me off, off the side of the road, off the side of the road. up all my pieces put me back together today he wants to pick you up off the side of the road take your pieces put you together so the person who has received much love can love much the person who goes I was broken and dying and naked and poor they robbed me of everything but Jesus he saved me he put my feet on a rock, a place to stand. He clothed me. He's my life. He's my future. He took care of me. Those are the kind of people that go, I, I, I want to love much. I want to I go activate my faith because he loved me so much. Today, I just want to invite you to let Jesus pick you up. Would you just bow your heads with me?
you're here today and you feel like <laughs> the man that was robbed, beaten, stolen from, you feel like the enemy has beat you down and today you're on the side of the road and you just want Jesus to come and clothe you and heal you and give you a hope and a future and give you new life. If that's you today, I just want to invite you just pieces back together again. Give me life. Maybe you're here and you, you, you don't know Jesus as Savior or Lord, and you just want him to save you and be the Lord of your life. I want to invite you just to pray this, just between you and God. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Save me today. Heal me today. over the line of faith. I give my life to Jesus Christ who died for me. I love you, God. I give you all. Maybe you're here today and, and you just, man, you just, you just bought into the, so much of the cultural narrative. You just, you just, you're kind of in the game of life trying to acquire stuff for you. And today you just want to say, God, make a difference in the lives of others. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit just to tell you, I want to invite you to this. Just, Holy Spirit, what's the one thing you're saying to me now? God, we're your people. We're a family. Not perfect, but we're on the journey. And we thank you that you, you've saved us. Help us your body, your hands and your feet to the world that so badly needs Christ. We give you our lives today. In Jesus' name.